Hello? Are we on the air? Welcome to the Beyond the Mind podcast, where we ask not what's in your head, but what your head is in. Prepare to be inspired. Inspired to change your environment, change your mindset, and ultimately change your life. Willpower doesn't work, people. If you truly want to move away from stress and anxiety, you have to start with your environment. With your environment. So let's go. Let's apply some positive change into your world. Happiness is loading. Is loading. Welcome to the Beyond the Mind podcast. Hello and welcome. I am Ian Highfield and I am the host of the Beyond the Mind podcast. It's this podcast goal to help create positive change in your world. Willpower does not work. We are going to do this together by making changes to your environment. So today I am super excited because this is the second ever, yes, only the second ever guest that we have had on the Beyond the Mind podcast, and they are going to help you create positive change in your world, especially if you are a parent. Right now, we are going through maybe one of the strangest times in history where schools all over the world are closed. Now, my guest today is assistant director of the Suzuki Montessori School in Atlanta. And not only that, she is an educator to future Montessori teachers as she lectures out of the Montessori Teacher Institute, also based in Atlanta. So we are going to spread positive change today by talking to Miss Casey Hardigan and getting some expert information on how you can help your children if you are in the strange situation of having to homeschool them and this is something that you have never done before. So, Casey, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. No worries. How are you? How are you? How's, how's things going now that your uh, school is unfortunately closed down? Things are going okay. I do. I feel bad for the families that don't have care right now and they're having to work at home, but I am actually kind of living my best life because I tend to be more introverted. And so <laughs> I've been able to just sit at home and read books and I'm working a lot, but I can take a yoga break and stretch and meditate. So um, I've been kind of enjoying myself. <laughs> awesome. So, so some good habits in there for yourself. How are you um, at the Suzuki School and how are you from the, the Montessori Teacher Education Institute, how are you currently helping parents that find themselves in, in this strange situation? Yeah, it's been tough, but especially being a preschool um, and being a Montessori school, it feels kind of sacrilege to have children watching screens all day long, but we've, we have been trying to, to provide as much support as we can. So I'm helping um, teachers come up with ideas of lessons that they can give parents to do at home, and I'm helping them um, train them to use Zoom and do things like circle time virtually and everything. Um, so we're, we're trying to get creative and we're having to train people that 
I often don't have much more technology beyond an iPhone, now how to use a computer and how to do Zoom conference calls and um, and just really get creative to, to help support our families as much as we can virtually. Awesome. So crazy times. And even though you're at home and you're not in school, it sounds like busy times. Um, before we go into sort of specific practical advice that that can create positive change with, within the household and help parents uh, structure more effective education for their children. Can you just give us an insight into what Montessori is and also actually what it's not? Because I know there's a few myths that, that lie around it. So, you know, just freewheel for a couple of minutes, tell everyone what you think they need to know about Montessori and why you love it so much and why it's your passion. Yeah, I, I have trouble with this this question because I think it's it's so many things, Montessori. Um, but one of the biggest things that I like about it is the ability to follow each individual child um, developmentally. So as opposed to in traditional school, you have a classroom full of children who are all meant to learn the same thing at the same time. Um, so that assumes that all children are at the exact same level just because they're at the same age. Um, in Montessori, we have multi-age classrooms. So I taught in a primary room um, for about five years. So they were three years old to about six years old. Um, and the Montessori curriculum is, again, much more individualized. So. I was able to work with a three-year-old that might have mastered their numbers one through 100 and was working on addition. And I could also work with a four-year-old that didn't know all their letter sounds yet and were just learning how to how to associate letter symbols with the sounds. So um, you really are able to meet each individual child where they are and honor them as a as an individual person, as opposed to having to teach everybody the same thing at the same time, um, because we just we know that children learn at different rates, so that's that's we're able to follow the child in that way. Um, other things that I really like about Montessori education is that it's very um, concrete. So there's a focus on giving the child the manipulatives to work with. So for example, in math, um, when they're learning how to add, they learn with these beads, these colored beads, and they're putting four next to three. And so they can actually see how much bigger four and three versus four and one or something is. They can see the visual difference, they feel it, they're also hearing it. So regardless of if a child is a visual learner or more of a kinesthetic learner, they, they are getting all that input. So no matter what type of learner they are, they're gonna to understand the concept. Um, I don't know, do you have another question about well, how? It no, I mean, I I take from that that it's more individualized. Mm -hmm. There's less restrictions. The children are in there with younger children and older children. Yeah. So there's more um, cooperative learning, I guess. Yeah, the, it's actually um, you'll find this interesting too. So one of the things I like about the about the multi-age classroom, other than what I said, was. Um, it kind of takes the sense of competition out of things also. So if you have a classroom full of just five-year-olds that are meant to all be working on the same things, it can really ramp up competition and anxiety. Whereas if you have a classroom full of three to six-year-olds who are all working on different things, um, it really takes that comp competitiveness out of the situation and they just learn to love learning for what it is and follow their curiosities as opposed to 
um, just competing with each other. And in that way, it's much more of a community kind of thing. So they're learning, the three-year-olds are learning from the older, the six-year-olds, and the six-year-olds are learning leadership and responsibility and confidence from showing the younger ones what to do. Awesome. That is an amazing point because um, that is uh, what I've believed about my coaching. I've tried to install that into my own personal coaching. I'm trying to install that into this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I actually um, did some reading and spent some time in Montessori schools uh, a while back when I was trying to become a a better coach. Uh, I read Maria Montessori's book. um, And when I told people, hey, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, to your point, it's more individualized learning. There's more of a community. There's less competition and more cooperation and mentorship and leadership. There's more movement choice, working on refined motor skills rather Mm -hmm. than just being stuck at a table. That's what I understood it to be. And people would say, oh, isn't that that education where they just let the kids do what they want? (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to give you the chance right now. You got to bust that myth wide <laughs> open because we know what it is. But sometimes when people hear the word Montessori, they think, oh, well, my child will just go and play in the corner with the farm animal toys all day. That's what they would choose to do. But that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, another thing that I was going to talk about, too, is... Um, in Montessori, we're taught that we all learn things better when we're interested in what we're learning. So when we're able to follow our individual um, passions and um, and children go through, in Montessori, we call them sensitive periods. So they go through a sensitive period where they're developmentally just primed to learn a certain topic. So if it's math or language, they all go through these sensitive periods um, and so you're taught to follow the child and the, the teacher's responsibility is to, to set up the environment so that the materials are engaging. Um, so if I was, for example, if I was observing a child in my classroom and they were only ever going to the farm animals, I would observe them and try to figure out why. You know, are they interested in farm animals because they want to learn the vocabulary and we can do some more things in language? Are they not going to other areas of the classroom because they're not appealing to them? Is there some way that I can, you know, if they're really into farm animals, can I incorporate farm animals into the math area of the classroom? Like that's my responsibility to make the other areas appealing to them so that they want to choose them. And it's also my responsibility to trust that they're going to choose what they're ready for when they're ready for it. So they may not be going to the addition materials because they're not ready for that. And I'm going to wait until I'm going to watch carefully and and figure out how I can make that section more appealing and be ready when they're ready for it. So trusting the child, Mm -hmm. empowering the child, it's a a novel idea in in education, right? So one, one more question before we go into the specifics of how this can help the home environment right now and spread some positive change. What does this lead to? The children that come to you are three months old to six years old. When they then graduate your uh, amazing Montessori institution, the the Suzuki School, uh, based at Pond City Market, when they pass out from there, what do they have that potentially students, and this isn't bashing mainstream education, 
but what would you say advantages do they have to ones that have gone through more a more traditional reductionistic standard classroom based model so many things but i think the <laughs> the biggest thing that i hear um, because again, I taught the older children in our school um, before moving up to being the assistant director. And so my my kids that I had in my class went on to graduate to kindergarten or first grade. And so I've kept in touch with a lot of the families and I hear how they're doing at school. And overwhelmingly what we hear is that they, well, sometimes they're bored in traditional school because they're really far ahead academically. Um, but there are so many social things at moving into a public school and traditional model that they have to adjust to. So it's okay that they're ahead academically. There's a lot of other things for them to focus on. Um, but I think overwhelmingly what we hear is that they're more confident um, and they're self-motivated too. Um, so they, if they're not being challenged at school, I'll hear them say to their parents, you know, can we do this at home? Can we do some math at home? Can I get some books at the library and read with you at home? Um, they really want to, they have this like insatiable curiosity and they have this inner motivation that they developed. I think because they were allowed to follow their interests when they were younger. Um, and so they learned to really love learning and um so that kind of sets them apart from their peers they're not they don't want to just do with the problem that they're given they want to take it further and do more with it and challenge themselves because they just really love learning the other thing that i think makes a big difference with their confidence in montessori is that we work really hard as teachers not to praise them on the product that they have given um and not to, and you and I have had many conversations about this because we feel the same way, but but to focus more on the process and their effort that they put into it. So if a child brings over a painting to me and they are wanting my approval, um, instead of saying, wow, that's a beautiful picture, I would focus more on their effort and turn it back to them. because. So I would say something like, it looks like you worked really hard. Look at all the colors that you used in that picture. Um, and you must be really proud of yourself because I want to turn it back around to them so that they don't have to spend their life seeking outside validation for things that they've done um, and they can get it from within themselves. So that makes a big difference too when they go into kindergarten and just as they grow up, I think a lot of adults are really um, motivated by other people's, other people's um opinions of what they've done and just think about like you know how much happier you would be if you didn't need that outside validation um so i think that's a really powerful thing that we do in montessori as well that's awesome and that ties back into the message of i would love to say so many of the podcasts that i've done but i've done seven so it ties <laughs> back into the previous six uh podcasts so again you know i always stress willpower doesn't work you have to make changes to your environment. So is it fair to say that the Montessori environment is creating the, the desire and the want for the child to be inquisitive and choose education rather than have discipline and education thrust upon them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So in, uh, in Montessori, there's they, we talk about how there's it's like a triangle. Um, so there's the environment, there's the guide, and there's the child. So the the guide has to carefully prepare the environment again to draw the child in so that they want to explore the materials. 
Um, and you have to, the guide has to have the materials that the child is developmentally ready for. So the guide is carefully observing the child, preparing the environment, but then letting the child explore the environment on their own. And so they're more, it's more child directed than teacher directed. So they're, they're propelling their own learning instead of having somebody else, you know, at the front of the classroom as like this all knowing being. Um, the guide is there instead to connect the child to the environment that they've carefully prepared for their development. I love it. And and I've seen this. I've been and visited Mon- Montessori schools. I've seen this in action. And it was one of the biggest influences on my on, on the way that I've shaped my coaching uh, and my personal beliefs about how we strive towards excellence. It's all about the environment. So we talk Montessori in, in schools and how powerful the Montessori education environment is. Now it's time for the, for the big question. How are we going to help these parents that aren't educators, that haven't had the experience that you have, that haven't been through the training that you've had and the training that you're now in a, in a fortunate position that you actually deliver? How can we help them? And I'm going to put one in there because you've said it already, praising effort over outcome. So you used the, hey, you've done a you've done a painting. I love the way you've used the bright colors. You must have worked so hard on that. You're then cultivating through your words, you're then cultivating an environment of creativity and of effort, not of attaching self-worth and gratification to a result is that is that correct right yeah so how can a parent do that at home just exactly how you've done it or are there any other scenarios like you know yes they're going to be doing lessons what about bath time bedtime fun time how can we install montessori um, or how can the parents that find themselves at home homeschooling install this extremely effective and powerful form um, of education? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think actually um, one of the things about Montessori that's so great is that yes, the materials are very carefully prepared and they're they're scientific didactic materials that Maria Montessori designed and and work really well, but actually the biggest part of Montessori is it's it's more of a way of life. It's more of a way of approaching your child and talking to them and, and giving them the autonomy and everything. So I think the biggest thing, the biggest piece of advice that I would give to parents right now if they want to be more Montessori at home is just to, I think, to give themselves a break. I think a lot of the parents that I'm hearing from right now are, are super stressed because they're feeling like they're working at home full time and they are now they feel like they have to homeschool their child. And at least for, for my kids that, again, we only go up through six years old. I actually think we have a really unique um, opportunity right now to um, to teach children like more life skills. So we have an opportunity to teach them empathy by watching us and how we interact with them and with our family. We have an opportunity to take them out into nature and just take nature walks and observe and just sort of have this slower pace of life that I think they'll learn a lot more from. Um, And so I think a lot of people are so stressed out that they're going to fall behind academically, but I think actually these kids could come out ahead because they have all this extra time at home with you and they learn a lot more from you and how you are 
and how you speak to other people and, and the things that you do at home than they do from you know worksheets or math or language problems at school. Um, I think those things are even more important. As far as like lessons, um, you and I were just talking about this a minute ago, but I think, you know, again, I would take the pressure off of parents. They don't need to be sitting down and doing work at a table. Um, they are learning from you when you're washing the dishes. You could teach them how to wash the dishes, especially for young children between three to six. They're in this sensitive period where they want to do what they see you doing. Um, and so this is the time to teach them those things, those responsibilities at home and what we would think of as chores. Um, they think of as kind of a fun thing that they get to do because they're, they want to do what they see you doing. And when you're washing the dishes, you're not just teaching them, you know, responsibility and care of the environment. You're teaching them ability to follow sequential directions, right? Because we have to get the sponge. We have to put the soap on the sponge. We have to, you know, get some water and wash the dish. And then we have to rinse it off and then we have to dry it. So it's actually a lot of steps and order which uh, is perfect for a three-year-old because they don't have that. They're learning to sit and focus for longer periods of time. So if they're doing something that they're interested in, because again, they've seen, they've seen you do it, um, so they want to do it, and then it's a long activity. They're learning to build up their ability to concentrate, follow sequential directions. It's also developing their fine and gross motor skills. Um, so just practical, in Montessori we call those things practical life. Um, so what we would think of as chores, those are actually lessons that are helping a child really develop a lot of um, key skills that they need, life skills. And, and that just isn't exclusive to this time period at home. I've been to the Suzuki school and I've seen the mini sinks, yeah. the <laughs> mini um, cutlery and plates and why is the classroom set up that way? So everything is their size so that they can be as independent as possible while maintaining their safety. Um, so again, you know, as much as they, it, that's their environment. So they're learning to clean up after lunch. I think one of the things I'm always most proud of when I'm taking somebody for a tour of our school is after lunchtime, the three to six year olds get up, they, they scrape their plates into the trash, they eat family style at the table and serve themselves from little bowls and, and the teachers sit with them to model appropriate table manners and have you know conversations and, um, and then after lunch they take their plates and they scrape them in the trash. Um, they, they wash their dishes, there's a little dishwashing station, they load the dishwasher up, they go back and stack their chair and sweep and spray the table. Um, so in Montessori, grace and courtesy we call it, or just learning to be a responsible, independent human being is just as important, if not more so, than math and language skills. So again, there's so much opportunity to do these sorts of things at home. And I think if you miss that window of development when they're three to six, I'm sure if you have older children and you're trying to teach them how to wash their dishes and they're eight years old, they're not interested anymore because they've lost, they're not in that window of development where it's fun for them. My parents 100% missed that window of development. I can, <laughs> I can, I can vouch guarantee for that, that as well. I can guarantee that. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask you that question. It was a leading question because I didn't want people listening to think, you're just saying that because they're at home and it's now convenient. This is something that you, that parents are paying you guys in your institution 
to teach their to teach their children every day Mm -hmm. and now what you're saying is parents have got this opportunity to take the lead on that and and teach something that you've been teaching in the classroom every day for years so i just wanted to stress that this isn't like a band-aid while we're on lockdown this is an actual thing that goes on and and that's why i love i love montessori school uh, and the environment it creates uh, so much because Again, I just feel like you're developing the a human. Mm-hmm. Um, you're developing life skills. You're not developing someone who is gonna go and get straight A's and and right. and perhaps lacking in other areas. Yeah. So, just to give a synopsis, I, I took some notes. Mm-hmm. So number one, the the number one piece of Montessori advice for parents that are at home right now is relax mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> chill out don't worry about necessarily education you have a great opportunity to help your child focus on life skills and the best way that you can do this is be the best version of yourself yeah and i think also just i thought of one other thing when you were saying that i think we underestimate how much children pick up on our anxieties um, so if you are super anxious and um, and whether it's about the coronavirus or anxious about having to homeschool and work at the same time, I think you really have to take a minute and tag team with your partner or whoever. But if you're able to take a minute like just for yourself to prepare yourself um, so that you can be calm, because again, I do think that this, I think if we take the pressure off of ourselves as parents um, and just look at this as a time where we can really connect with our child and a child that's connected and feels loved and safe is going to do better in any environment. So whether it's school or later on in life, they if they have that solid foundation of connection and, and love at home, um, they're able to thrive after that. So I think we have a really unique opportunity to, to have more of a connection if we're able to prepare ourselves first. Awesome. And I think this adversity that we're all facing right now has presented many of us with with opportunities. And this is just another to, to add to the list. So parents, relax. Don't be anxious. Um, embody the qualities that you want your child to have because they are learning machines and they are going to model you. Mm-hmm. So if you're on your phone all the time or if you're stressed about the virus or if you're worried walking around the house looking anxious child is going to pick up on that and model that so relax don't worry about homeschool go with the flow and take the opportunity to teach your children practical life-based lessons and ultimately see this as an opportunity to develop skills and a part of your child's life that many people have ultimately never ever had correct yeah yeah. Any, uh, go on. Yeah, well, I wanted to jump into and just say uh, another thing that I think might take some pressure off too is that it's okay, I think, to feel anxious. Of course, it's okay to feel anxious right now. We're in kind of a, a crazy situation at once in a lifetime. Um, but I think it's also important, maybe not to share your anxiety with your child, but like to talk about your feelings. And if you do make a mistake and you, you recognize that you're on your phone because I mean, I've been literally glued to my phone so much more the last few weeks than I ever normally am. So, you know, I think we're all doing it a little bit more than we normally do. 
Um, but I think if you catch yourself and you say to your child, you know what, I just realized I've been on my phone all day. You know, I'm going to put it away for an hour and really let's spend some time together. Like, I think if the more we talk about the mistakes that we're making or the, you know, the, the feelings that we're having that are uncomfortable and share that with our child, that's modeling too, which is important, I think, to raise a healthy human being. For them to realize it's okay to have those feelings, it's okay to make mistakes. Um, and that we can come back from them. Uh, I think that's a really important thing to model too. And and this is just with kids aged five, six, four. Or this is just across the board. Just. I mean, I think I don't have as much experience working with older children, but I imagine that um, you know we are our children's best models at at any age. I yep. do think three to six, they're much more like idolizing you at that point, yep. and they really are absorbing everything that you're doing. As they get a little bit older, I think they have the ability to have more abstract thinking, and they eventually come to the realization that you know their parents are their own separate selves, and that comes with a whole different. Um, that's a whole different topic. So yeah. I think I can really only speak to the three to six year olds, um, but I'm sure it's similar for older children as okay. well. Okay, awesome. And then one more thing before we wrap up. So parents relax, um, embody the qualities you want your child to have, understand that uh, washing the pots, running the bath, brushing teeth, all of those things can become practical life-based lessons and there's structures and processes for the child to learn and model and follow and see this as an opportunity to help develop your child in in a way that people might never ever have again or yeah. haven't had before you. Now, one more thing, you, you gave me an incredible piece of advice. I was looking at uh, buying a present for uh, one of my friends, their daughter is 10 months old and we were talking about Montessori materials and you can buy a lots of Montessori materials for maths and language and things like that online and they're all very practical, You, they all involve some sort of touch and mm -hmm. different senses. Yeah. But the one thing you told me that might be of, of, of extremely high use was a, a, a sippy cup for oh, a, yeah. a 10 month old. Again, I well, think... Well, not a sippy cup. It's an open cup. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, to yeah. replace the sippy yeah, cup. Yeah, yeah. So in Montessori, we skip over the, the sippy cup with uh, toddlers. Um, and they go to, to little teeny open cups. And you just put a little bit of water in there. So they learn how to drink from an open cup, even when they're, you know, really small. Um, so again, that's something that at home, if you're at home with one of the, the, the younger children, where can you get these amazing like mini uh normal mini cups or montessori stuff where could people yeah. go to find those kind of things i think i know amazon has them i feel yep. conflicted about telling people to go to amazon right now <laughs> just because i want to support small businesses but um yeah you can find little metal uh cups and the key is just to put a little bit of water in um you could even get a little if they're closer to maybe two years old you could get a little mini pitcher so they're learning how to pour their own water into the cup um and that's helping them refine their their motor skills and their movements um their fine and gross motor skills so um those are all 
important skills. And and where do we stand on failure when they pour the water all over the floor that first time? Is that <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Just let it happen. I mean, it's part of their learning process. So if they pour it all, I wouldn't. You know, if you if you don't want to create a big mess, um, if you're adverse to that sort of thing, you might want to just put a little bit of. So again, preparing the environment, you want to put just a little bit of liquid in the pitcher. So they only have a little, you know, don't give them the big, huge gallon of milk, um, just a little bit in the pitcher. And then when they spill, you say, oh, looks like you had a little spill. Here's a towel. This is how we clean it up. And you show them how to clean up after themselves. And and you're showing them, you know, even more so than they're learning the skill of feeding themselves and preparing their own liquids. Um, you're showing them that it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to fail. This is how we clean it up and try again. Awesome. So I think for parents, and I, and I keep trying to recap, but I'm just going to give up on that because there's so much in here. Um, you might want to listen to this again, sit down with a notepad and really understand just what you can do with your behaviors and your environment at home to empower your student to learn, not learn for tests and not worry about them getting behind, but to learn life skills uh, by modeling you and and the best version of yourself. Um, Casey, do you have anything to add? And if not, where can people find you? Where can people find uh, the Montessori uh, school or the Montessori institution that you teach future Montessori teachers out of? Well, I do. I have one more thing to add. I was Let's thinking, go. since you usually work with older children, I um, was talking to my partner at work yesterday, and she has two sons who are, I think they're maybe seven and nine. Um, and I was talking about my car. I've been having car troubles. And she said, you know, if you ever need to... Um, need anything done on your car, like need your brake light fixed or your oil changed, you can come over and George can do it for you. And I said, George, because George was in my class, so, um, and he's the nine-year-old. And she said, yeah, he's really into um, cars. We have a whole lift that we can put it up on. He knows how to change my oil. He knows how to change my tire, how to put air in the tires. And um, so I just thought of that because I thought that was a great example of like a practical life kind of thing that they're learning all these additional life skills from um but for an older child so i I thought that was really cool and so how old is george he's nine (laughs) yeah so i know even i was like wow okay all right i'm gonna take him up on that um so i thought that was kind of a cool montessori uh thing for older children but you can find me on i have an instagram um it's ceh717 um my school email is chardigan at suzukischool.com I'm happy to help give ideas for uh, younger children. I might be able to come up with some ideas for for older children or just provide some support for parents who are are feeling stressed out at home during this time. Um, And then my school is called the Suzuki School and my location is at Pond City Market. And we have a website, suzukischool.com that you can find out more about what we're doing there. Um, Some videos as well, take a virtual tour um, but yeah, I think that's it. And what I will do is I will, I've read some of your phenomenal blogs that are called Montessori That, which can help with um, parents, you know, applying the Montessori framework into into their house. So I'm going to share a couple of those links below uh, on the podcast. So uh, Miss Casey Hardigan, thank you for being only the second ever guest. Uh, on the Beyond the Mind podcast. Uh, 
Um, I do have a confession. Um, believe it or not, especially for those watching on YouTube, Casey is my uh, girlfriend. Um, but I didn't get her on because of that. I got her on because her information is phenomenal. Um, her dedication to her craft is phenomenal. And she was absolutely... Um, anxious and in fear about doing this so i wanted her to push on through that comfort zone in true uh, beyond the mind fashion and she did so i'm very grateful for this and again uh, i did not have her on just because she is my girlfriend i had her on because her information can create positive change in so many people's lives not by willpower but by changing the environment that we create uh, this has been the Beyond the Mind podcast. Can't wait to reach out and speak to you again soon. I hope this podcast was better than the last one, uh, but not as good as the next. Uh, until next time, stay safe and change your environment to change your mindset and ultimately change your life. Thank you. You've just taken a step forward to making a positive change in your life. That's right. You're one step closer to leaving frustration, stress, and anxiety behind. This was the Beyond the Mind podcast. Let's apply some positive change into your world. Into your world.